Blog Talk Radio. Folks, good day to you all. How's everybody doing? This is uh, this is Andy Kimball, and this is the Coast to Coast Show. How are we doing today? Hope everybody's caught up on the news and the things that concern us most, because we're going to be talking about it. And um, it's great to be with you one more time. I think we got uh, I think we've got Cornell online. Cornell, are you here? Do we have Cornell on the line? Are you there? Are you on? I don't know. Hello, are you there? Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hey, folks, are we there? Can you hear me, Andy? Yes, I do. I hear you. Oh, okay, okay. Can you hear okay, me? Good. I can, can hear, hear you me? fine, darling. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, too. good. I, d- I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. How's everybody <laughs> doing? How are you doing over there in um, in the UK? Yeah, everything's good, darling. I uh, literally just had connection problems trying to connect. I literally had to end the call and uh, try and call back in. This is the second time it's happened in two days now. So um, I'm going to try and Uh-oh. resolve that somehow. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But uh, yeah, Uh-oh. everything's uh, okay, you know, under the pressure of everything that's going on here, Andy. Um, things are, are getting worse. And, well, uh, let's talk about what's going over there. In the UK okay. first, then tell, give me an update. What's uh, what what all the all the news that's fit for this show anyway? Certain news okay. we can't talk about on the show, I'm sure, but there's you know absolutely right. Okay, so obviously this is you know it feels like I'm talking about the same thing every day, but I know like like being a dead horse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know, and so it's hard to put a positive spin on this, but um, as I'm sure many of my UK people will be aware, I'm not sure about the rest of the world, what's going on here, but uh, so Boris Johnson did a um, a live conference. Um, I say conference. He, he was more of a sat behind his desk and, and telling everybody how it's going to be. So mm-hmm. he was urging the public to follow the rules and guidelines to keep this virus from getting any worse and uh, let's face it it is it's it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse so he said that he will bring in another national lockdown if need be whereas before he was saying he wants to avoid it at all costs and if people do not follow the rules set out further action will be taken so we have new restrictions in england which are uh, pubs and restaurants to close by 10 p.m a renewed ban on sports and stricter Mm -hmm. rules on masks which are like people at bar staff and non-seated customers, shop workers and waiters must all now wear them. Um, People are urged to work from home wherever possible. Uh, Limits on wedding guests uh, being reduced from 30 to 15. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I feel so bad for people who spend, you know, spend so much long, you know, planning weddings. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And the cost as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, wow. It's crazy. 15, so and did you see? Wow. yeah, fifteen, fifteen. Um, yeah. In fact, some of that was in the headlines today. Some family um, was saying, you know, they they were disgusted by it. But at the end of the day, I know it's cost, and I, I know it's uh, an, uh, an important event for everybody's lives. Um, but I guess with the seriousness of this situation. We've got to kind of roll with the punches as best as possible, you know. Um, like when my father died of cancer this year, um, the funeral had to be changed so many times because of the COVID getting mm. worse and worse and worse. And we only ended up having five people at my father's funeral, which was very, very difficult. Oh, so, you know. Right. I'm it, sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you, darling. But I can, you know, mm-hmm. it's going that way again, unfortunately. And I do feel for everybody's situation in, in, in these circumstances. Um, they are also suggesting no attending sporting events whatsoever. Uh, the rule of six still applies to everybody else. And it's also now included with uh, indoor team sports. And there will be fines for wearing masks. Uh, sorry, for 
not wearing masks mm-hmm. or following mm-hmm. rules. Um, and they will, I think the fine goes up from £100 to £200 or something for first offence. Um, and he's also claiming that these conditions could last up to six months. Um, mm. Scotland and Ireland and Wales have very similar um, guidelines in place, uh, but I think Scotland is making so that no mixed um, households at all. So people visiting is not allowed um, because of you know spreading it. And uh, young people aged from 12 to 18 are exempt from the to household limit and can meet outdoors in groups of up to six but there's no limit on children meeting and playing outdoors under the age of 12 so Ireland have no mixing of households indoors with some exemptions Uh, no more than six people from two households can meet in a garden Uh, Wales the pubs and cafes and restaurants are closed by 10 p.m just like England Uh, sales Mm -hmm. of alcohol from off licenses that's what they call like um uh, stores that sell all alcoholic beverages over here uh, and supermarkets after 10 p.m. will also uh, be stopped from selling anything. They can be fined if they do so after 10. But, you know, Boris Johnson said something today in his speech that moved me. And I think knowing that he's a huge fan of Winston Churchill, that uh, Winston Churchill is his hero, um, these words that he said really complimented our situation. He said, Never in our history has our collective destiny and our collective health depended on so completely on our individual behavior. I was just—it mm, really mm, moved moving. me when I heard that. Yeah, moving. just the way he brings yeah. it across. It was beautiful. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it got really intense here very quickly, darling. My goodness, you know. Um, well, here we've hit. Uh, 200,000 deaths from the coronavirus. Wow. Today. Wow. What how yeah, how big of a jump is that, Andy? Up um well, let's see exactly what it is. It's up uh, 428. That brought it to 200,000. Worldwide, wow. we're looking at 967,000 deaths. Um worldwide recovered 21.5 million. Total cases, 31.4 million. So obviously we're seeing people, many more people recover than becoming uh, a fatality. Um, But still, uh, 967,000 lives gone, 200,000 of which are here in the United States. As we speak right now, our president, Donald J. Trump, is giving a a speech at a, a very crowded rally in Moon, Pennsylvania, which is in the western portion of Pennsylvania, Mm-hmm. And he's speaking about the same things we've talked about, and he's talking – it's going on right now. I'm kind of monitoring it uh, through one eye pretty much as we do this show. <laughs> but he's, he's talking about he's talking about the same things he's, that we've that we played some clips from on yesterday's show, which I think is kind of um, – you can check out yesterday's folks uh, – yesterday's show, which would have been the 21st podcast of the Coast to Coast show, and hear some of that. Or just get on Google and listen to what Donald Trump's be – has been talking about it as rallies and look at all the people gathered around with no masks on standing shoulder wow. to shoulder. Um, wow. You know, and all the, all the statistics, every poll, um, every single poll uh, shows that many more Americans are more inclined to support his opponent, Joe Biden, than, than of course, Donald Trump himself. And that is a fact. And when he goes out and does these rallies, he's bringing out mm. his base in the local regions where he does them, and some people travel to go to them as well. But right. what is happening also is he's not gaining any, you know, uh, if the election or tomorrow. I don't think it would be much different than November third. You know, maybe there'd yeah. be some sway depending on different things. But but the, I think people pretty much know, and they have known for quite a while. Um, which way they're going to vote. Not to say that, that Trump cannot win this election because he can win this thing. He can win yes. it. And as we said on the show uh, back in 2016, his opponent, Hillary Clinton, received 2.75 million more votes than Donald Trump did. And about 74,000 somewhat people sent Donald Trump to the White House, right. uh, which is indicative of most Americans did not want this person. Most Americans do not want him now. 
And the, yeah. the electoral, the way the electoral college map is working out, which is how we do the elections in this country, uh, for our worldwide listeners, and most of you know probably that it's state by state. How many the most the most votes that he that a candidate gets in one state gets that state, as opposed to the most votes in a popular manner. Mm-hmm. So what what that means is right now, uh, right now even even uh, amongst voters, not registered voters, but people more likely to vote. The electoral map is painting a pretty significant victory to Joe Biden, and yeah. um, and Joe, the millions of Americans that are supporting Joe Biden, and and more so, so want Donald Trump out of office. Period. Just need mm-hmm. him out of there. You know, some some even Republicans might say, you know, I want him out of there, and I want a Republican president. But let's look at 2024. You know, I just get Biden in there. You know, it's not like he's 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 a bad, evil man. He's very experienced. He's he's very sound. What he speaks uh, sounds good, and is mm-hmm. uh, you know it's very honorable. And uh, and for four years, I don't I don't you know I mean these are people I'm speaking about people who just might not want Donald Trump but don't want Biden. But I'd rather have Biden than Trump than four more years. Yeah, ago. yeah. So that's the way it's going now. The you know COVID is hitting two hundred thousand now, and um, you know I was out this morning singing. I had to sing because uh, I couldn't, you know, it's very sad news. So um, I was singing a song and I'm going to request that everybody sing along with me. We're going to go have some fun with this song because it might lift us all up a little bit. Let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and send this story up through the Atmosphere. Where the air is clear. Oh, let's go. Fly a kite. Yes, thank wow. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow. Hey, Cornell. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, man. Welcome aboard. Hey, I'm sorry. Um, lateness, man. I had um technical if- issues on my end. You too. Technical I shoes. Too. I never heard. Of, what is a technical shoe? Uh, they was they were actually there was some new Nikes that I just brought. They was called technical shoes, right? As soon as you put them on, you have a technicality. <laughs> boom, boom. No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just how how technical do they get? They got so technical that it was unbelievable. I couldn't even get on um. I mean, I couldn't even get on computer because they took all the technology from me. Wow. And then I ended up in Mars. Then I came back and I was like, oh, I got to do the the Andy and Amanda show. And then the shoes came off and disappeared somewhere. Do that oh, sound like you... a lie, y'all? No. <laughs> did you need no, a No, it sounds very, very, you know. It, they very, actually, you know, it was like shoes from Back to the Future. You know, remember the movie Back to the Future? Oh, my oh, God. I had those type yeah, of shoes awesome. on, and I put yeah. them on, and I didn't know where I was at. I was in the future, I guess. I'm you back, know, I yo. always wanted those shoes. I always wanted those shoes. They were so cool. Well, they, they sell them at Target, so, you know, so. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, guys, mm-hmm. how you doing? Doing all right. Doing right, hanging in here, catching up on things, and it's another beautiful day here in Southern California. Well, how's the weather there in, uh, in outside of London, the UK there? It's been very grey all day uh, and cold. Oh. Coldish. Oh. Oh, I, say, I say coldish, but other people may disagree with me. I mean, at one point, I think it was like 21 degrees, but even though it, it was 21 degrees where it was grey and forecast, it didn't feel like that at all, and, you know. Like we're, we're talking twenty one Fahrenheit. 20. Oh, sorry. Of course, yes, different. It's Celsius here. Um, so it's, I can't remember so what that is in Fahrenheit. I think that's something like seventy. Yeah, it's seventy. It's yeah, something. yeah, it's seventy. Yeah, I remember something. from. I don't know. Yeah, from uh, in in airplanes. You know, as a pilot, all our temperatures are, are always in C, not in Fahrenheit. Always in C. So oh, I used to, I used to okay. be real up on that because I would use it every day to 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 figure uh, performance calculations of the airplanes. Always thought in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we do things: no figuring idea. out takeoff distance, and landing distance, and so forth. It's all done in. Wow. In your in your temperature. Not I wonder why. I used to think about that myself too. I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> We're going to have coming up on the show pretty. <laughs> Pretty soon, funny you should mention that, is actually a, a, a good buddy of mine um, who uh, – Joe Fahan and his wife Margaret 
um, Instagram flying Fahans, Facebook flying Fahans, F-A-H-A-N-S, if folks want to look. These guys just completed, just retired uh, from uh, career Delta Airlines, um, formerly Northwest, they merged with Delta. And Joe's been there 36 years, his wife Margaret 35 and a half years, and they spent the last six years flying around the world together, flying thousands of – I almost said patients – thousands of, of, of passengers, <laughs> thousands of passengers uh, around the world together as a husband and wife team. And uh, Delta, you know, is about as long with the other major airlines are about to furlough several thousand pilots, and they offered the most senior guys and girls um, early retirement uh, so that the junior folks might not have to leave. Some of them have to anyway. But anyway, Joe coming up on retirement mandatory age of 65, and Margaret still having uh, five years ahead of her, they decided uh, to take Delta's package and retire early. And uh, and Joe is a very senior, very senior, as a matter of fact, instructor on the wide-body A330 aircraft, an amazing airplane. And his wife, Margaret, is a first officer. We're going to have them both on the show and talk about oh. flying a heavy jet around the world and, and, and navigating and flying and landing and taking off. And any questions anybody might have about what it's like to be an airline pilot, especially being one of 36 years with a major air carrier, uh, it's going to make for an interesting show. So stay tuned That's to this crazy. show. They might come on tomorrow, Wednesday. We'll see, but I'll make that official on our website uh, and Instagram. But um, but look for them. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating show, especially I used to be a pilot, and actually Joe Fahan and, and myself, we flew together for a commuter airline a long time ago when we were first starting out in our aviation careers. We were both pilots in the same company, and that's, how we, that's how we met. And the only thing I will say about that, the only thing I'll say about the early days being single guys in our early 20s flying <laughs> for a commuter airline in a domicile, a pilot base with a bunch of other single guys in their early 20s, is that <laughs> it was crazy back then, and you'd never be able to do it today. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you was like a rock star? As a matter of fact, that was my, that was my, that was my nickname. That was wow. my nickname. Oh, it's really? funny you say that. Yeah, I had long hair. Oh my god! You know, I remember one time I came to work and, and Joe's taller than I. I think he's like six feet. I'm five nine. So his uniform jacket, you know, with the stripes on the sleeves, his uniform jacket was a whole lot bigger than mine. And one time I drove into work. Uh, you know, we were based down the New Jersey Shore. I was driving in from Philly that night, and I realized halfway to work uh, next morning, so I was driving at night. I forgot my uniform jacket, and from November on, you have till April, you have to wear your jacket company regulations so i'm like oh my god i forgot my jacket holy smokes like got i was crashing with joe we you know i stayed at his place and i said joe do you have an extra jacket i could wear and he said yeah and i put this on and i look like a little kid playing airline pilot like the sleeves came down to my waist you know (laughs) but i wore it and the next day i remember being at newark or philadelphia i guess it was and and uh i was at the counter you know at the check-in gate and uh with this jacket that went down sleeves went down my waist and long hair <laughs> and uh an elderly woman came up to me and said excuse me mister I'm, excuse me excuse me yeah, yes ma'am can i help you yeah, um, um you're, you're not the pilot are you uh, no ma'am i help the airplane get down the runway by pushing it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah. But um, I want to ask you a question, if it's okay. Yeah. Go, no, it's not okay. Next, we're going to go on with that. Next, we're no, going to no, go, go on. Go ahead, yeah, sure. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, man, how, how, how did it feel just to fly? I mean, just to be a pilot. What was the, yeah. I mean. Well, to fly, I don't know. One time I tried jumping off my roof. It didn't work out so well. You know what I'm saying? I've been <laughs> okay, that way ever since. That's what happened. Okay, great. No problem. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Yeah, to be a pilot was it, it's it, you know we used to say it beats working for a living you know um, but you do a lot of training I mean it's all you know a tremendous amount of training and and experience is what makes a competent safe pilot I started mm-hmm. flying at 16 you know, so I used to teach people how to fly at 19 years old I had a gig as a flight instructor and wow. I accumulated uh, I accumulated over a thousand hours of flying time as a teacher teaching others how to fly airplanes. Wow. And uh, mm-hmm. as I moved on in my career, flying more commercial aircraft and getting out of teaching business, which I still taught kind of part time here and there, but um, 
when I left the teaching business, um, my specialty was teaching flight uh, at flight instructor applicants how you teach others how to fly an airplane. So I, I taught potential flight instructors how to you know to pass their flight instructor credential ratings. Wow. So that was fascinating because I got to play student pilot, and it was wow. pretty, pretty fun playing student, you know. But that was a lot of fun. <laughs> but there's certain things, you know, going back to those days, you were saying what's it like to fly. There's certain things you never forget as a pilot. One is, well, first my very very first flying lesson when I was thinking I'm reviewing the situation, la la dee dee. Di. You know, I took off <laughs> a little small airplane flight instructor. I was like. I don't know about this. It's kind of bumpy up here, man. I don't know. I might change my mind. Maybe go scuba diving instead. <laughs> right. But anyway, your first lesson, and then, you know, several months later, depending on how often you fly, it could be several days, several weeks, but, you know, I, I flew Sunday afternoon kind of deals. Um, you take your first solo flight. The instructor taxis back and says, go ahead, go, you're on your own. Go take it around the traffic pattern. And you're, you look to the right seat and there's no instructor there and you're all by yourself and there you go. And then for me, and then you take, you know, your commercial, then you fly, you know, uh, long distance trips as a solo, you know, after learning how to fly from point A to point B, B and you take several of those trips, then you get your private pilot flight check ride, which again is, wow, you're, you're taking, it's like a driver's test, but imagine taking a driver's test in an airplane with a long oral, uh, we're talking about oral exam. I'm not thinking mm-hmm. dirty here. Uh, <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> yeah, you got this long, this long oral beforehand. <laughs> and then um, you get this oral exam, and then um, a flight test, which is a couple hours, and they land. And for me, I passed every every test but when you land the examiner goes in and types out this white piece of paper and hands you your private pilot license and you can now fly passengers you know legally and that was whoa and then for me the next big thing was um as an instructor while teaching somebody my first time as an instructor with a student first time ever you know here i am i'm with like 300 hours in the air and suddenly i'm teaching somebody else how to fly but what's even more kind of memorable was signing off your first student as an instructor to solo. You know, you remember you soloing as a student pilot and here you are as an instructor signing another person off saying you're competent to take this airplane up, go around the traffic pattern, bring it down without killing yourself or hurting yourself or anybody else. Do it, do it. I'll meet you over there, bring it up down in one piece. And um, so it's kind of cool. And then, then, then it becomes a job and you move on, you build up your experience and so forth. But um, it's going to, as I said earlier, it's going to be great. Um, Talking to Joe when he gets on the uh, on the show and his wife Margaret about uh, about flying the big yeah. guy, flying Delta, flying E three thirty. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, to I'm and Joe and I go go way back, and there's some stories that we can reminisce with each other that we could never share, especially <laughs> on a radio show, as you can just kind of imagine. And <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going back to the late seventies, early eighties. Get my drift. Er, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun together. A lot of fun together. Yeah. So anyway, let's get back into the uh, the news here. I'm. Uh, you know, we're talking about flying. I can't wait to get Joe back on the show. No, it's going to be fun. Man. Sure we need to hear that. That was good. Yeah, it'll thank be great yeah, for listeners. Was. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we have um, a couple of audio clips I'm going to play, and um, getting uh, off of COVID here for a few minutes and talking about. Um, the Supreme Court and the upcoming election, not that, you know, Amanda and I were talking about it first got on the show was like, we feel like we're beating a, a dead horse with the same issue round and round we go, the same kind of things presented different ways. We're like, oh my God, mm. getting yeah. old, especially doing what we're doing on a radio show, having to, you know, yeah. talk about the news and the headlines and an- trying to analyze some of those headlines and make it interesting for our listeners. But on this end of the microphone, we're like, Okay, here's more of the same thing. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Sing with me. Let's go fly. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, the, um, what I want to do is um, play a clip here uh, with Elizabeth Warren, uh, former presidential candidate, um, who's going to speak about the job we have ahead of us and the fight we're going to have. All of us are going to have. Uh, we're in a situation now where we have a, a minority party president who very much might be on his way out. 
in a position to put a Supreme Court justice on the bench representing the majority. Um, and this is this is and there's so many reasons. I want again we talked about this yesterday at length, and I don't, don't really feel like getting back into it now uh, again. You can listen to the podcast of the 921 show on Coast to Coast. Um, and maybe we'll dive into it a little bit, but let's let's go ahead and listen to Elizabeth Warren um, uh, regarding the fight that we're going to have to put up here and what's at stake. Elizabeth Warren. As I was going to say, now I'm going to lose. No, wait a minute. I know she's coming here in a minute. Now, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I, was I hate when it. things don't click when you want them to. <laughs> I, I said Elizabeth Warren. Now, yeah, here, now here's what I have to say. Yeah. Wait a minute. Here we go. Here Let's is. start with what's on the line. I mean, you've already started talking about this, but recognize we're oh, talking yeah. about a Supreme Court nomination and confirmation that could touch the lives of every single person in this country. Start with health care. We know that the Affordable Care Act that expanded health care to tens of millions of Americans that protects people who have pre-existing conditions, that keeps people 26 and younger on their parents' policies, we know that went all the way to the Supreme Court. And by a decision of five to four, the Supreme Court said, we're hanging on to it. It's, it's constitutional. So then the Republicans said, darn, we can't get rid of this thing in the courts. We're going to take it to Congress. So as soon as Donald Trump was sworn in and the Republicans had control of the House, control of the Senate, and control of the White House, they said, we're going to repeal the Affordable Care Act. We're going to take away protection for people with pre-existing conditions. We're going to repeal health care coverage for millions of Americans. And they lost again. That was the vote in 2016. And now they're trying again through the courts. And this November, the Affordable Care Act will be in front of the United States Supreme Court. They will have to decide if it is constitutional. And what Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell are hoping is if they can get in another justice, what was five to four, to say that, of course, the Affordable Care Act is constitutional, they may now be able to flip to five to four the other way, denying millions of people access to health care and cutting out people who have diabetes, people who've had cancer, people who've had serious pre-existing conditions. And that just gets us started with what's at stake here. And have a regarding Roe v. Wade. Is it possible for it to be overturned if Trump gets his appointee approved? Well, I think it might be. And that's why we need to fight. Uh, this is about women's health care. This is about women's ability to make a decision over their own bodies. And, you know, we've already heard from senators who have said they're not voting for anyone who hasn't made it clear they're willing to overturn Roe versus Wade. That's another piece of what is at stake here. And, and understand, on health care, on Roe versus Wade, on the right to join a union, on environmental issues, climate change in this country, on gun safety, on every one of these issues, what the Republicans have done is they have tilted the Supreme Court. They want to tilt it further so that it doesn't reflect the values of the majority of Americans. Most Americans, about three out of four Americans, want to see Roe versus Wade preserved as the law of the land, want to see people have access to health care coverage, want to see people able to join a union, employees to be able to come together and bargain together, want to see our dreamers protected. And yet, by carefully filtering who gets nominated to the United States Supreme Court by stealing a second seat on the United States Supreme Court, what Donald Trump and the Republicans are planning to do is to have that court impose a will on the American people that is not who we are and not the America we want to be. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. God forbid. Oh, my gosh. And um, also, we're going to hear from a couple of uh, of seniors uh, also uh, discussing what they might want to do uh, and maybe preparing a potion of sorts um, that might balance out uh, 
both parties here. Um, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to play it. Here we go. Take a listen. What you cooking, Granny? Done cooked and cool. That's my spring comic. Mmm, got a dandy head on it this year. <laughs> How come you cooked up such a big batch? You fixing a tonic the whole town of Beverly Hills? That's just a starter. Then I'm going to commence on the rest of the country. Everybody? No, just the Democrats and the Republicans. They need tonic, do they? Why, Jim, they is in such bad shape. One party can't walk and the other one can't even stand up. Who told you that? They did. I've been watching the TV. The Republicans claim that the Democrats is dragging their feet. And the Democrats come back and say that the Republicans ain't got a leg to stand on. You got to remember, Granny, come election time, them two parties says a lot of things about each other. That's why I ain't taking no chances. I'm panicking kind of both sides. I'm glad to see you ain't partial. I'll say this. You get enough of your tonic into them two parties, this country's going to have one rip snorting the election. Dear Mainland, aloha. My brother and I know all about your to-do list, but have you also considered making a to-don't list? Like don't forget hang time with your ohana. Don't forget to step outside every now and then. And don't forget the big wave golden ale. So maybe you make a to-don't list today, yeah? Put it on your to-do list. Good one, brother. One life, right? Mob, Longboard Island Lager, and Big Wave Golden Ale from Kona Brewing. Nobody bakes a cake as tasty as a tasty cake. Nobody bakes a cake as tasty as a tasty Yes, over yes. back. <laughs> We're back. And I have some breaking news, guys. What Let's is hear that? it. What is that? Biden's, Biden announces Cindy McCain will, will endorse him. Oh, okay. Wow. 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 Uh, Cindy McCain, of course, the daughter of late senator and well-respected and highly regarded uh, Vietnam War hero, despite what Donald Trump says, John McCain. Republican. Right. And Cindy yeah. um, McCain had come uh, off, as we probably, most of our listeners probably know, is, is is not with high regards regarding Donald Trump, but at the same time, uh, never threw her, her weight and her her vote to uh, to Joe Biden, even though you think she might, she never did. And, and Cornell, this is definitely breaking news. And uh, yes, great to hear. Great to hear. Definitely. Great to hear. Definitely. And, uh, wow. You know Donald Trump early on, uh, after right after John McCain's, um, uh, what did he say this after he died or I forget or was he still living? I forget, but he, when he said uh, uh, somebody referred to him in an in a interview that uh, John McCain was a hero and and Trump said no he's not a hero uh, he was captured. I, I like I, you know I like people who who weren't captured okay and that's what he he had to say about that. So okay, well that's cool that's great news that's um, good to hear. Yes. Good to hear. Yeah. So uh I was, so was, I was gonna talk about go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so I was just about to say what what else is going on over over well, there. Well it's hey, it's kinda just... cr- Go ahead, Courtney, no, I'm sorry. Keep it around. No, you guys I'm sorry, go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry, go ahead. The um the fight over wearing masks has not gotten any slimmer. It's it's okay. a debate. Um on um, Monday night, the Ohio governor, uh, John Husted, was warming up the crowd for President Donald Trump and trying to sell some campaign merchandise. And uh, what he said was that he's trying to make masks in America great again and, and, uh, and, and make masks 
you know, President Trump masks. And right. um, but and know, know how these crowded airplane hangar, know how they responded? No. Cornell, do you know how they responded? I definitely want to know. I really this don't. Is how they responded. This is how they responded. Oh, those got mad. Wow. Yeah, and then he said, after hearing the booze, um, mm-hmm. he said, oh, hang on now. Um, uh, I've got uh, President Trump masks for sale in red. We've got one in blue. And that brought even more booze. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. and then, um, then he said, we've even got mega masks. And he said, <laughs> I know we don't like wearing them. I know we don't like wearing them. Hang on now. Hang on. I get it. Because they kept booing and booing and booing. <laughs> then he oh just my. gave up. Then he gave up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And there was, you know, several thousand people there packed shoulder to shoulder at a at a, a rally. And, uh, and Trump stands in front of all these people, thousands of them, not wearing masks, knowing that we're up to 200,000 deaths. You mean tell me none of them? None of those people wearing masks? Handful. A little handful. Oh, let me make one That's correction. Scary. The people, you know, imagine a podium, there's a stage, and the people in back of Trump, right, mm-hmm. they had masks on. And I think the reason why they had masks on because they're breathing forward towards the president. People standing in front of the president looking at him, no, we're not, we're not wearing masks. I mean, no. I don't understand why people don't want to wear masks. <laughs> I mean, what is it? I, I agree. I agree with you, Cornell, on that one. I, I can't get my head around that one either. Um, you can't tell me that they're all having medical issues where they're not allowed to wear them, um, or they're just being arrogant and saying, no, we don't need to wear but one. But if you have over 400,000 or two, whatever the numbers are, and they're very yeah. high, wouldn't, yes. that, wouldn't that give you some like, yo, I think I need to wash my hands and wear a mask? I mean, wouldn't unless, that, I mean, being Unless they're all tested beforehand, do you think, maybe? Is that a possibility that they were all tested before they no, uh, they attended tested. these events? No, nope. they're they're not nope. tested. Okay. Nope. nope. Wow. No. That's that's it's unbelievable. Wow. Following yeah. the polls, the U.S. election polls um, are showing Joe Biden leading Donald Trump in all the national polls, uh, but that doesn't guarantee, as we spoke about earlier, that the that he's going to win. Because again, we know that the Hillary Clinton had a very clear lead over Trump in the polls for almost the entire 2016 campaign, and mm-hmm. she ended up losing only in the Electoral College. Right. So, as we spoke about earlier in our show, um, definitely, I mean, the, I mean, the, the Electoral College's swing to Joe Biden with over 300. Votes 270 needed to make him president. Here's the thing. He goes around, Trump does, to all these various rallies, and he calls them protests, um, and says he's winning. We're winning. We're going to win Pennsylvania. We're going to win Minnesota. We're winning North Carolina. And he's losing. And he must, I mean, he's not stupid. He knows he's losing. He know his aides tell him, look, we got to fight. We're going to, we have to do something here. And, um, uh, they give him um, speeches and all, all the things that he says that sound, if you want to call it this, presidential, um, yeah. are scripted. And even yesterday, we played a few clips of him saying um, uh, Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginberg. And I played that part of his speech three times. Ginberg, Gin, not Ginsburg, Ginberg. He couldn't pronounce her name. And that could right. happen, but but who she given who she is, there should be no mistake there. It's not Ginsburg, it's Ginsburg. Um, and he read that, he was reading that, and it all sounded professionally prepared. It was obvious. You could tell when he goes into these reading speeches, he goes very much like that. And then when he goes off script, um, he gets says he's asinine lies and statements and whatever comes to the top of his head. And then mm-hmm. he uh, he said in yes, I forget which speech I've been watching all of them. He said. Uh, as he gets 45 minutes into it, he says, you know, they prepare these speeches for me. And I suddenly realize 45 minutes into my talk here that I'm only online two. And everybody, yay, woo, yay. <laughs> and then, you know, and then after that, he, uh, 
he, you know, it's unbelievable. After that, he breaks into, um, you know, he breaks into to. Uh, Let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and then this soaring up through the atmosphere, up where the air is clear. Oh, let's go. Sky. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! I really do love that song. Getting crowds, and this is pandemic, and we're rounding the turn. We're rounding the corner of the He's pandemic. Okay, but we're having them outside, and we shouldn't say this is some kind of a rally. From now on, it's called a protest. We are protesting. You know, we're going, to call, we're going to call all our rallies that because, you know, if you have, you see a lot of these, uh, let's call them blue states. We want to be nice. We're going to call it a protest against stupidity. So we are going to have. That is a man dividing so much of the nation. Mm. It's amazing <sighs> how somebody really want to do this to the human beings you know what i'm saying it's like i know i'm i'm sorry i I find it so hard to like this guy and you know for our listeners who support him please you know understand that this is just my my personal opinion and it's all about um, yeah we all feel passionately about how someone or something affects us and it affects us in for many reasons in different ways and to see such a divide like that in his words, you know, he, he's poking a stick at his his um, American people and saying, think like me, be like me, act like me. And that is that is so, so sad. And people are cheering that on. And that that's even sadder. <sighs> Amanda, in the UK, have you ever had anybody like that? Like Trump? Yeah. Not, not to that extent. No. Okay. No. 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 Not even close. I'm sure there's people here that would argue differently because, again, everybody has their own feelings of uh, people. But in in my opinion, from what I've witnessed from our prime ministers over the years, no, not like him. Mm-mm-mm. Now, Andy, have you have ever had anybody like this? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you should. It's funny you should ask, Cornell. As a matter of fact, I was born and raised. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all started. It all started. You know, when I was born a long time ago. My grandpappy said, "Son, son, son, are you listening to me?" And I, and I would say, "No." And that's where it all started. <laughs> Unbelievable, and uh, no, tell a good and story, I've been saying Andy. no ever since. Um, <laughs> no, no, we, this is we've never had this um, in in uh, the history of the United States. Mm. In the history of the United States, we have never ever had a president like this one who has just divided the country so much. And also, um, also, somebody who really <sighs> yawned as much as he does. And um, yeah, <laughs> no, but actually, what I was saying was, um, as much as let's take a trust me, I'm like a smart person, and I have been on their cover like 14 or 15 times. I think we have the all-time record in the history of Time Magazine. Now I can read the polls maybe better than anybody because it seems that I understood the polls a lot better than many of the pollsters understood the polls. I, I can handle a bad story better than anyone. As long as it's true. I do get good ratings, you have to admit that. I love the First Amendment. Nobody loves it better than me. With the exception of the late, great Abraham Lincoln, 
I can be more presidential than any president that's ever held this office. That I can tell you. I've had a great, successful career. I built a great, great business. What I do best, I build. It's probably something I can say that I'm very good at. My other life was very good. I'm the builder president. So I understand. You're made for this. One of the great memories of all time, I went to an Ivy League college. Uh, I was a nice student. I did very well. Uh, I'm a very intelligent person. That's person, woman, man, camera, TV. Mm-hmm. 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 If I, if I told you ten years ago, seven years ago, when, when has it been, four years now, just about? Okay, let's go back. He announced in Let's go back seven years ago, not a long time ago, that the United States of America would be in a situation it is now. And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the president of the United States and where this country is. Would you have believed it, or would you have said, "Nah, what what Kool Aid you drinking? What what movie was that in?" Would you have believed it that this is happening Never, right I, now? I, I, I would have believed you. I would have been like, "No, come on, Andy. I, we are, we live in America. Nothing go, you know." That's what I would think. How about you, Amanda, in the UK? I would, I would argue the same thing as being an observer of America and adoring it for the many years that I have. Um, I would say exactly the same thing. Yes. And. Um, you know, we've we've it's just been just what what a ride, what a ride. Um you know, in Philadelphia, which is near where um you're south of there, I guess, uh, Cornell, um it's interesting because we're talking about mail in ballots has been uh, an issue. An issue. We've talked about it here on the show and, and what its implications are and its rate of fraud is being minimal, if any. Um and the Republicans are obviously making an issue of it because more folks that, that are would vote absentee and or mail in ballots would tend to be more Democrats than Republicans and more concerned with their safety and not standing in long lines to vote and risking being infected with COVID. Um, in Philadelphia, the top election officials there are warning that thousands of these mail in ballots could be thrown out come November unless changes are made to the rules around what they call secrecy envelopes, which are like second sleeves that uh, they help prevent poll workers from seeing how someone voted. Um, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled last Friday that officials can reject so-called naked ballots that are received without the secrecy envelope. And state election officials have previously provided guidance telling counties to count naked ballots. So we're, you know, we're having more more fights about the, you know, not only the mail-in ballots, but what they have to look like and what can be included on them and what what can't be. Um, but based on the error rates in previous elections that we, we've talked about, how, what this looks like, what do the error rates look like? Is this really an issue or not? Or is it being – or is it fake? Is it a fake issue? But based on error rates in previous elections that could mean more than 100,000 mail-in ballots are at risk, according to the, to the Philadelphia commissioners. But um, you know, Pennsylvania won um, – you know, he, he, he won uh, in Pennsylvania by, mm. um, by how many votes? 44,000 votes. It's about, uh, what's that, about two, almost two, or just over two, about right around two votes. We'll just call it even about two votes per precinct in the state of Pennsylvania. So if you can look at that okay. and look at two votes per precinct in the state of Michigan, and given the fact that he only won the election by 74,000 votes thereabouts, those two votes per precinct would have changed it. Hillary Clinton would have been the president. And a lot of people what? voted yeah. because they just did not like Hillary. They just did not. They were done with the Clintons. They were done with Hillary. They were done with the email scandal. They were done with other potential scandals and, and the Clinton way of maneuvering, manipulating thing, which was perceived. We, you know, how much is that is true? You know, the press and Republicans can manipulate things, make issues like the are these mail-in ballots, making it an issue when it really doesn't need to be one. But they're making mm-hmm. one, obviously. They did the same thing regarding Trump's opponent in 2016. Um, where would we be right now if Hillary Clinton had been president? Well, we still have COVID. Would it have been handled from the top down out of the gate? Probably so. Probably so. Um, which also means that there would be thousands or tens of thousands of people who would be probably alive right now today who are not. I mean, nobody has a nobody has a, a crystal ball, obviously, but one can assume this because their whole stance on this thing is leadership from the top. And you look at all the other, even third world countries that have done better than we have here in the United States of America 
of, of handling this disease, this god-awful virus. Um, third world countries have done better than we have. And other countries, right. you know, our neighboring countries uh, have done better than we have. Um, why? What, what, what is it about those countries that they, they did that we didn't? They had national policies. That's, that's the difference. And they, and they really did shut countries down from the top down. And uh, you stay in. You know, if the virus can't spread, the virus is going to die. If it can't move from one person to another, how's somebody going to get infected? Well, how do you prevent yeah. it from moving from one person to another? You stay home. You stay in. Yeah. You don't go out. You know, essential businesses only. And, and it might take a while. You might not like it. But your health, your well-being, your safety, and your life is far more important than the stock market, folks. Right. And we did not have that here in the United States. That did not happen here. And we have 200,000 people who are dead, many of which did not have to be dead. Yes. And that is something that, mm-hmm. that we're going to live with with this country. It's something that's going to be talked about and discussed in college classrooms and high school classrooms for decades to come. Our grandchildren are going to be learning about this, and we'll say, I remember the day when. I'll tell you all about that. <laughs> and um, it's it's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. So that's where we are. Crazy I mean, times, you know, right? Yeah. Crazy times yeah. indeed. What, what, what blows my mind is the fact that we are living in a time that's going to be in future history books. You know, things mm-hmm. that we only read about or was taught about as, as children ourselves, that this is such a historic moment that we are living through and, and blessed to be. Li- and as I say this um, in, in a gentle way, when I say blessed to be witnessing such a, an event like this, I mean blessed in the sense of... Um, a nation trying to pull together to unite instead of um, fall apart and uh, live with that separation and blessed to be a part of something so historic, but at the same time, it's tragic and painful and soul destroying. And, you know, when you read about the things that's happened in our, our history, we, mm-hmm. we were fascinated as kids. Some were, Board. I used to nearly fall asleep in history class. I, I'm not afraid to admit that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I find it very okay, interesting now. Yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> but you know that our future generations, however that turns out to be, will be looking back on this moment, and um, hopefully something amazing can come from this and rise from this, from all this pain that we've gone through, and are going through. That's you know, just my you know, back uh, pro- in your neck, prophetic. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, on your neck of the woods, uh, Amanda, the uh, um, you know the prime your prime minister, Boris Johnson, has uh, said, "Never in our history has our collective destiny and our collective health depended so completely on our individual behavior. If we follow these simple rules together, we will get through this winter together." And there's unquestionably yeah. difficult months to come, and the fight against COVID is by no means over. Yeah. And that's coming. Now compare, compare, compare that. Compare him to our president. Tick tock, 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 tick tock. Sorry. Would you rather have a man? Would you rather have a man? Yeah, and so there's the comparison and contrast between the two leaders, Boris Johnson in the UK and our president. Trump. Well, actually, you know, we're, we're having some fun here, but uh, but obviously, there's a, the, the contrast is between the two is is incredible, and it, there's as we were just saying, there's a distinction and and a, a difference in outcome if we have a national policy in place, whether you like it or not, and and what mm-hmm. what what Johnson has done in the, in the UK and what he's doing, what Amanda spoke about earlier, is shows a and a lot of people, as Amanda said, don't like this. There's, there's revolts and there's a lot of upset in the UK, right, Amanda? I'm speaking on your behalf, actually. But absolutely, there's, there's darling, a, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, but what he's saying, like it or not, is that, you know, um, it doesn't mean that troops are going to be patrolling the streets and so forth. Um, no. But, but the, at the same time, the military could be used to fill roles and to guard protected sites if, if there's any kind of you know, response and so forth. And uh, 
Um, yeah, people are being silly. I'll be honest. The people mm-hmm. in the UK have been silly and are being silly and still not taking a lot of it seriously. Um, and he made that very clear in what he he shared, um, calling us. Um, what was it? He said, uh, "Free, free Britons or th- free." I forget what what quote he used now, but that we mm-hmm. we basically love to be free and so because of that we're we're not thinking about the safety of others and what we could be passing on and what 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 are your feelings on on Boris Johnson what what I like the guy and for me to say that over a lot of the prime ministers mm-hmm. we've had previously is a big thing he right from the start has pushed forward the very things that people have been asking for um, he came in and, and rescued us from other prime ministers stepping down because of the whole Brexit thing. It was almost like the politicians were throwing their toys out of the pram over it all because the people voted to leave uh, Europe and nobody liked it. Government didn't like it. But Boris said, no, I'm going to come in. I'm going to make this happen for everybody. And he's done that relentlessly. He's pushed everything forward and he stepped up to the plate with the, the COVID issue as well. And a lot, mm-hmm. again, a lot of people have a d- different opinion of that and they're, they're very welcome to. I appreciate it. But that's just my personal views. I like the guy and that's the first for me in a very long time. You know, as we um, spoke, I think it was Friday's show, I forget, it was either yesterday or Friday, maybe even Friday, but we, um, or you had mentioned, Amanda, that the uh, the numbers of the coronavirus is doubling roughly every seven days. Yes. And um, the chief scientific advisor, so I'm sure you're familiar with there, is Patrick Valance, mm-hmm. uh, who said that uh, if the rate continues to grow, which, yeah. you know, if, let's say nothing changes and the it doubles every seven days. By yes. mid-October, just do the math, you end up with something close to what for, you know, roughly 50,000 per day. Which could lead to yes. 200 deaths a day by November. Yeah. So yeah. If, if they don't act in the UK, this virus is going to take off there as well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So um, so you're way behind us in terms of deaths, and and, and you know we we have five percent of the world's population in the United States and twenty yeah. percent of its casualties. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Wow. Amanda it used to be an opera singer. Am I right about that? You you sung uh, in many operas and um... <laughs> Andy, you never told me that. <laughs> wait, wait, how did that get out? Because as far as I was aware, I restricted that strictly for the shower. <laughs> well who told? I thought who told? I I, I got this um Article here. I got to pull it up in my notes. Wait a minute. Oh, God, I got this paper. My desk is a mess. Wait a minute. Ah, here it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Amanda's uh, appearance in the Madrid Opera canceled after the audience revolts over social distancing concerns. Wow. Yes. I had no idea Maybe. that made the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was breaking news. She doesn't like to talk about that too much. <laughs> I don't. Um, it's true. Hey, folks, you know, time, you know what they say about time flying when you're having too much fun? <laughs> yes. Have you, no, we don't know about I, I do, you know. yes. Oh, I stood all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. We were about done, and I, I, I feel like we're just hanging out, talking, having some fun here, talking about some news items, and there's more to talk about. We've, we've enjoyed ourselves, but the hour went by quickly, and um, did. our number here yeah. is 515-605-9888. This is the Coast to Coast Show. My name is Andy Kimball. We do have Amanda Love, a co-host in the UK. Our producer is Cornell Butler, who makes things happen behind the scenes and tells us what we're supposed to do when. And what we're not supposed to talk about, which is what we talk about. Whatever he says don't do, we do. That's how we make it work here. Opposite <laughs> day. But anyway, um, so I just want to thank everybody for being on board with us again. And 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 you know, chime in. And you, of course, you'll listen to this on a podcast. And uh, we're we're live at 5 p.m. California USA time, uh, Monday through Friday for the most part. We're not here tomorrow. Why? It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
So tomorrow's rerun day. We'll be back Thursday, folks. And again, thanks, everybody, for joining us. On behalf of Amanda Love, on behalf of Cornell Butler, my name is Andy Kimball. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye.